Welcome to East Hillsville Baptist Church. Uh, I have a couple of announcements to make. Um, the women on mission, this is WMU Sunday, if you're um, familiar with the Southern Baptist Convention or North Carolina Baptist State Convention calendar. And we have a women's missionary group here called Women on Missions, and they're beginning a new year. And they've asked me to read some of the things that they're doing this year. They plan monthly meetings, or they meet monthly to plan and execute special service projects relating to our community, state, and our nation to share Jesus with the lost and dying world. And some of the mission projects they have are ongoing. For instance, they're doing a food drive right now for the Christian Crisis Center, and the bins are out in the lobby. And the last time I was on the board at the Christian Crisis Center, they served between 800 and 1,000 families per month, which is an enormous task. So if you can go out and look at those bins and see what they need, I know it's cereal, they typically need peanut butter, canned goods, just please do that and please uh, help. But I want to thank the Women on Mission Group for uh, sponsoring that. Also in May, um, the canned food drive for the Baptist Children's Home, okay, which is a, to feed the children in Baptist Children's Home, it's about, I think it's close to $6 million a year because they have so many children. Uh, but that canned food drive typically covers about 40% of that. So you'll hear more of that. And I want to thank our Women on Mission here at East Hills of Baptist Church sponsoring that. They also make meals for habitat workers. They collect sc scarves, gloves, and toboggans for local homeless shelters. They also make jump ropes from old t-shirts for the shoebox party and much more. And they say we invite our church family ladies to begin this new year by putting your faith into action and join us on the second Thursday of each month at 6 30 uh, p.m. as we fellowship and study missionaries and their work spreading the good news. If you have any questions, please contact Sharon Absher and Marianne Winchell. And I want to thank those two ladies for what they do and for leading in this. Also want to mention two things about next week. We, our service will be in the sanctuary uh, at regular time at 1030. We'll have a baptismal service um, that morning. For many of you that are going to be baptized, we're going to do those videos on Wednesday and contact the church office about what time, probably between 5 and 6. Uh, also, that Sunday, we have a tremendous opportunity to help a, a great family. Donna Little, her story is on Facebook, and I'll mention more about this next week. Um, she really desperately needs your help. She's incredibly sick. Her life has totally changed. She was here last week. Um, I wish I would have known. I would have I I pointed her out. But I would really encourage you to consider giving, okay, to that next week. We're going to have a benefit barbecue one of our other mission groups does that every time we have a barbecue. Our Baptist men, if you're interested in uh, uh, helping with that, please contact Kevin Powell, Vernon Charles. Uh, a lot of the men here are a part of Baptist men. But I want to thank them so much. You have an opportunity to bless a family that's in great need financially because of health costs. Okay, And I've always said this, the, the barbecue, you hope you always give to them, but one day it may be for you. Okay, And we don't do these barbecues unless we feel like it's a great need, and Donna has a great need. She's been a member here longer than I have. She raised her kids here. Uh, I feel really bad for her situation, okay? Uh, but you can follow her uh, updates on Facebook, and then I'll try to mention more about it next Sunday, all right? Well, if you're a visitor or not, we want to welcome East Hills Baptist Church. If you will, stand with us, look around, shake hands with a couple people, and welcome to East Hillsville this morning. And you'll be out here for prayer time, right? 
seated. Thank you. You may be seated. If you'll direct your attention to the screen, I'd like to ask Brooks and Rachel Schaefer to come. And we're going to dedicate Alexander Brooks Schaefer, and he goes by Allie. He's named after Brooks's grandfather, Alexander, and nicknamed after Rachel's grandfather, Allie. So we have Allie Schaefer this morning. Is he not a cute little fella? To come this morning, I want to thank Brooks and Rachel uh, for their membership here. Number one, I'm honored to be your pastor. Love both of you. Um, thank you for your faithfulness here. Um, to any young mother that has a child, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming to church. I know, it's, <laughs> I know it's not easy to bring a church. If anybody has an excuse not to come to church as somebody with a young child, but also one of the greatest things you can do for your child is bring them to church. Amen. And they come today to dedicate um, Allie to the Lord. And listen to what the Bible says in Mark chapter 10. It says, that Then they brought little children to him, speaking of Jesus, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. But surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. And today, uh, Brooks and Rachel are going to make a covenant before you, their family, and before God to raise Allie in the fear and nurture of the Lord. And I'm going to ask you a question, both of you. In presenting Allie to the Lord, do you promise through God's grace and the help of the church to teach your child the truths of the Christian faith? Do you also promise through prayer, word, and example to bring Allie up in the nurture, discipline, and instruction of the Lord? Thank you. And to the congregation, we also make vows. Uh, I say this quite often. You'll have um, Allie probably in nursery, extended session, Sunday school, Awana, all the way up through youth ministry. Um, we hope, and uh, it takes a church to raise a child. And uh, one of you may be instrumental in this young man coming to faith in Christ. So we ask you a question as well, and you're going to make vows today. And I'm going to ask you this question. Do you promise to provide spiritual instruction for Allie? By giving of your time, talent, and resources to help him come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and do you promise to pray for Brooks and Rachel as they seek to raise Allie in the fear and admonition of the Lord? If you do, respond by saying we do. All right, we have several things we want to give you today. We have a Bible, of course. We have a certificate of this day. Um, I want to show this, Justin, if we can. We have the Lamb's Book, and I uh, share this every time we have a baby dedication. This is probably one of the clearest pictures of the gospel that we have. It's not just for kids. It's for adults. If you have a loved one that's lost, what a great Christmas present. Okay, I've given these out as Christmas presents to loved ones that don't know the Lord, and it's easy to follow, and it shares the gospel and why Jesus died and rose from the dead and how we have to have our faith in him, and that's for you. Also, we have a student ministry or children's ministry t-shirt, if you will, ETBC. And also, this is a letter that I've written to Allie, and it's for his eyes only. And this is for the day that he prays to receive Christ. His parents are to give them to him, or if he's older, he can open it then. But it talks about this day, how, how his mom and dad uh, made a commitment before you guys to raise him in the fear and admonition of the Lord, keep him in church. It also shares how that we, uh, as a church, uh, made a commitment as well. And it also mentions that we're going to pray right now for him to be saved, okay? I hope he has a great education. I hope he makes good money and has great health, but nothing's more important than his salvation, right? So let's pray together for him now. Father, as we come to you in prayer, I just want to lift little Allie up to you. Father, he is a gift. Father, all children are gifts from the Lord. And Father, I want to thank you for Brooks and Rachel. 
Lord, I pray that you would bless their marriage. Father, I pray that they would grow closer together as they grow closer to you. And I pray for the salvation of Allie. Father, only heaven knows the plans that you have for this little boy. And Father, I pray that you would save him at an early age and use him for your honor and glory. And I pray that because of his birth, the name of Jesus would be exalted and God's kingdom would be expanded. And Father, we ask these things in Christ's name. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people said together, amen. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you all. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. So Sharon leads us in song now.
Amen. Thank you. As we come to this time of prayer here in just a moment, we'll invite you to come down to the uh, altar if you'd like to do that and pray. Uh, This is kind of like our invitation, if you will, before the invitation. Uh, You can pray about anything. You can pray for yourself. uh, If you have issues in your life, and I always like to say this, I'm just praying for strength today. Amen. Aren't you thankful that God has promised to give us strength? But also, we love to pray for our church, right? Uh, this past week, we've had two of our members pass away. I guess it's about two weeks ago. Kevin and I went went to visit Connie Bryant, who's uh, I think Connie was about ninety. She's been a member here for as long as I can remember, and uh, her husband had died about a week or two prior. Well, she passed away this week, and they had her services yesterday. And also, Ann Deal and Ann's family is right over here. Sharon and Steve, good to see y'all. Uh, we'll remember Steve's wife, Rita, in prayer, if you would. She's uh, battling an illness as well. But we had her services yesterday, and her brother here, uh, Jack, is here. Uh, so we just want you guys to know that we love you. And I, I say this quite often, especially at funeral services. Only Jesus can heal the hurt that comes with death. Amen. But I'm thankful that as believers we have hope, and I'm going to pray about or preach about that this morning. So as the praise team and the choir leads us in this time of worship, if you would meet me here at this altar, and I'm going to ask Justin, if he will, to pray for us this time. Thank you. chance that we have to be able to meet here in this place for worship. Lord, if we're honest, we're extremely blessed to be a part of East Hillsville Baptist Church and to be able to have a family uh, in times that we need good people around us, God. I know we've had a couple deaths this week, and I don't know how people can make it through these things without a church family. And Lord, we are extremely blessed to have this church as a family around us. And Lord, there's many needs that are here at this altar this morning. Um, Lord, they're unknown to us. But you know everything, and so, Lord, I just pray that you would meet every need uh, that's represented around this altar this morning, even the needs out in the congregation this morning that uh, are out there that are being asked right now of you to meet. And, Lord, I just ask you would meet them. Lord, give us contentment with your answers because sometimes your answers aren't very clear to us. They don't make sense at times, but in the end, Lord, it's all going to make sense. And so, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to be people of contentment, Lord, and uh, just understanding, and, Lord, just... um, to give us patience as we lean on to you and to try to see what you're trying to show us through our lives, Lord. And um, Lord, I just pray that you be with us this morning as we continue to worship. We continue to worship you. And uh, Lord, for the offering that's been taken up as people have come in, Lord, I just pray that you take that and bless it and multiply it so we could further your kingdom, God. I just pray that you be with Jamie this morning as he brings us the word. Lord, just uh, help him to remember those things that he studied this week and uh, bring those things that are fresh to his mind this morning that the Holy Spirit brings to him. That, um, Lord, that everything that's said and done this morning through uh, the preaching of the word would be uplifting to us, God. It would convict us, Lord, it would point us out where we're wrong, and that we would leave this morning a little bit more like you because the Holy Spirit has done a work in our lives. And, um, Lord, we just ask this morning that the Holy Spirit would work uh, through song, through giving, and through the preaching of the word. 
And uh, Lord, again, I pray that you meet the needs that are around this altar this morning. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, choir. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter um, chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 3 through 5, but we're going to read verses uh, 1 through 5 together. So if you will, stand with me out of respect and honor for God's Word. The, last, the first message we talked about is the very first part of 1 Peter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And we talked about uh, the author of this letter. And how uh, God dramatically changed his life, how Peter had ups and downs in his spiritual life, and how God uh, used him, and how God grew him in Christ, and how Peter has written this letter. Now notice who he writes it to, to the pilgrims. And what that means is, is that you're just, this world is temporary for you as it is, in the state it is. It is just so temporary, you're a pilgrim here, a sojourner of the dispersion. And now he lists all these cities in Turkey. Modern-day Turkey. He says Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. And then he says elect. And we talked about our election. How that when God saved you, he chose you before the foundation of the world. That should bring, there's no arrogance from a Christian. Just not. You didn't save yourself. God saved you. It's by his grace and mercy that he saved you. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit. We talked about sanctification. How that God sets you apart as his child and you're eternally secure, but how you have your part in sanctification. Every day you fight sin, don't you? Every day. Every day you battle sin. Every day. And that's just part of the normal Christian life. And he says this, For obedience as sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then he says this, Grace and peace to you be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then he says, to an inheritance. Now listen, this is your inheritance. It's incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away. Reserved in heaven. Look at the word you. That's personal. God didn't say y'all. He didn't talk like I do. He said you. The Bible says that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. By the hand of God. God does not make mistakes. You're either saved or not today. And if you are saved, the Bible says, it's through the process of election, sanctification, and then ultimately, and this is one of the most beautiful words in the Bible, which is not in the text, but it alludes to it, our glorification. Okay, And he says in verse 5, he says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, look, ready to be revealed in the last time, which means this, Jesus is coming back, and our salvation will be fulfilled in Christ's return. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Father, I pray that this message is an encouragement. And Father, I pray that we would live like we believe this, Father. No reason for us to doubt our salvation, not one. No reason for us to get caught up in the things we've done in the past. Lord, we're forgiven. We're set apart. And one day, Lord, we'll not have to battle sin and the things that sin brings anymore. What a day that's going to be. And Father, your word says, Peter said, that's a living hope. Father, there are people today in this church that have hope, and then there are others who don't. And I pray that before this service is over, that they'll have hope, Father, a real hope, a real hope that lasts for eternity. And we'll thank you and praise you for it, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. So when Peter's writing this letter, he's writing to Christians over about 750,000 square miles, in modern-day Turkey, he's writing to Jews and Gentiles who have been saved. The culture at that time was very spiritual. 
If you, if you just Google Roman history, they worshipped everything. So much so that when Paul went to Mars Hill, he said, I see that basically, I'm going to paraphrase, you're religious people, you got a God for everything, you even have a statue to the unknown God, just in case we missed one. They were very tolerant of religion until Jesus and Christianity came. Then they started persecuting Christians because their faith left the synagogue and went out into the community like it's supposed to. And their faith became your faith. And it started changing the community. And it started changing everything about these communities, so much so that we read last week where Pliny the Younger wrote to one of his colleagues and said, even the temples are deserted. Even the temples are deserted because Christianity is sweeping Bithynia. It's amazing. That's a historical fact. Okay, So these people that are scattered are losing their jobs now, losing their families because of their faith. And some of them, and it starts, you can, you can study history, they're losing their lives. Okay, They're losing their lives. And Peter starts out, how can I encourage these people? And he starts out by saying, oh, I just want you to know about your salvation. God chose you. God secured your salvation through sanctification. And ultimately, one day, one day, one day, you're going to be glorified. Now, notice verse 3 on the screen. He says this, blessed, that word is the word we get, eulogy. I had a funeral yesterday, and Mark Marshall and I gave partial eulogy to Ann. Wonderful person. Very easy to do for somebody like that. Okay? And what you do is you try to speak the best about that person, right? And what Peter is saying is this. All I can say is good things about him. He's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, and mercy means this, don't ever forget that, that God does not give you what you deserve because you deserve it. You don't deserve heaven. You don't deserve Jesus. You deserve nothing but hell. But God, according to his abundant mercy, saw your pitiful state and he, look at the word begotten. That's where God saves you. Some of you are six, some of you are 16, some of you are 26, some of you are 36 when you get saved, some of you are 86. I baptized 80 year olds here. But God did it. That's what he's saying. You got a new birth. A new birth, he says. You've been begotten by a new birth through the resurrection of the dead, he says. Isn't it ironic that when, after Peter had denied Jesus three times and Jesus rose from the dead, an angel said to the women at the tomb, said, but go and tell the disciples, Jesus' disciples, and tell Peter also that he's going to Galilee. So Peter understood that. And Peter, what he's trying to do, he's experienced this firsthand, and what he's trying to do is to get these people to understand their salvation because it will change your life when hard times come. And he says, I want you to understand your election. I want you to understand sanctification. And today he wants us to understand glorification. But what is it? Notice these three things about glorification on the screen. Glorification is the future and final work of God upon Christians where he transforms our mortal physical bodies to the eternal physical bodies in which we will dwell forever. It means he's going to remove sin from your life forever. It is guaranteed to the believers in Jesus Christ. He's going, to, he's going to remove sin from this planet. He's going to remove sin from your bodies. Notice what Romans 8 says. Romans 8 says this. He says this. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. And what did God predetermine before he even made the world? That you will be conformed into the image of his son, and you will be. That's a guarantee. 
He says, whom he predestined, these he called, whom he called, he justified, whom he justified, these he also glorifies. He speaks of your glorification, even though it's future tense and the past tense, because it is a guarantee. Glorification means that, that God is going to remove sin from your life. Now think about this. When you struggle now, you struggle with sin. You do. Every problem you have in your life, be it financial, physical, emotional, or spiritual, is a result of sin. And God is going to remove it forever, eternally. When you're glorified, you'll never have any problems that you can think about. The problems you're facing now is tied to your sin or someone else's sin. And God will perfect you at death so that you can stand in His presence. This body that we have now, if Jesus would come back, okay, or this body that we have now, cannot handle the environment of heaven. Notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot, this flesh and blood, because it's tainted by sin, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It can't. So if somebody says that they died and went to heaven, they didn't go to heaven in this body or God's line. You did not take a tour of heaven in this body. Flesh and blood cannot inherit. See, Paul said when he went, he says, I don't know if I was in the spirit or not. I think a lot of people in America that tour heaven just have a bad case of morphine. Okay? Or a bad case of whatever. All right? Because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. It can't. He says this, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed, glorified in a moment. Everybody blink. It's faster than that. Blink again. That's how quick your body's going to change. You're going to go from the state you're in now. If Jesus would come back today, that quick. Quicker than I could snap. Isn't that amazing? Glorification. Everything that sin has done to you and to your body and to your life is gone forever. Isn't that good? Think about it. Everything that sin has done to you, to your, to your body, to your life is gone is gone forever. He's talking about a glorified body. Notice 2 Corinthians 5. He says this, Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in, talking about our body, is destroyed, ultimately we have a building from God an eternal house in heaven. He says this, Our bodies are like tents right now. And all God's people said, Amen. I hate camping. I've told you that before. If you pull a tent out, I'm going somewhere else. I'm not going at the beach. I want a house. If I go to Pigeon Forge, I want a house, right? It's got a bathroom, running water, cable. That's what I want. I don't want to go on vacation and have to work, okay? I don't want to fight animals. I don't want flies in my food, do you? I don't want snakes crawling in my tent, do you, okay? This body's like a tent, but God says one day this tent, we're going to pack it up, and you're going to have a body, a building from God. That's how he describes it. A building from God, it's amazing. He's saying, he's, listen, one, one person said this, our bones break, our muscles weaken. The body bulges in the wrong places, amen? It does. We brag about our strength, but a tiny microbe can kill us. Tiny microbe can kill you today. Sooner or later, we grow old, our bodies begin to break down. Eventually, they stop working. No amount of vitamin C or Siberian ginseng and change that fat. Because one day, we're going to trade our tent for a building. Death is a trade-in. 
We're going to trade our broken down bodies for a new body. And Paul describes this body, and I talked about this last year. What kind of bodies are we going to have? Okay, so some of this repetition. Notice 1 Corinthians 15, he says this. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. And Paul used the analogy of a seed. If you put a seed in the ground, is that what comes back up? Not unless you're a bad farmer, okay? You're hoping that's not what comes back up. He says your body, when you die, is like a seed. He said it's sown in corruption, or that means it's perishable. Your body has an expiration date. Don't you, don't, I will not touch things near the expiration date. Now, growing up, I had to. That's all we had. Now I can just go back to Walmart. If I drink a two-liter diet sundrop down to here, I'm throwing it away. I'm not drinking that. I don't have to right now. Now, it may get to where I have to. I'm not doing it because it's, it's perishing. All right? It's perishing. Your body's perishing. Isn't it amazing how you have injuries? Bob, is your body perishing? Yeah, his chicken wing here is it's messed up right there. See it? Look, his body's perishing. Your body, your body is not built to last forever. I shared this a couple, uh, several months ago. I said, when I used to run, I never ha- had been injured in my life hardly until I started running. I had a calf strain. Have you ever had that? It's awful. What about, I, I pronounce it this way, plantar fasciitis? How many of you have ever had that? I think Satan invented that. Because this is what happens. You walk, I, I would walk like this all the time. Dress shoes are the worst. I would get it right here in, the, in that heel. And I remember going to Dr. M and my, my family doctor loved him. What can I do about it? He said, oh, I'm a runner. Nothing. You do nothing about it. All that stuff you see on YouTube, it's, it's a lie. You do nothing about it but hurts. feels like a bruise on the bottom of your foot. Okay? Why? Because your body's perishable. But one day it's going to be raised in corruption or imperishable. Think about that for a moment. Your body now is sown in dishonor. Think about all the dishonorable things our body does. Don't think long. You say, I don't know of anything. Well, take a group of middle school boys to Taco Bell, put them in a church van, drive around for two hours, see what happens. Okay? (laughs) Dishonorable, right? Amen. Think about all the things. Now, think about this too. Okay? Think about this too. Think about the things we do to dishonor our body. All of us struggle with that. You know why you do that? Because you struggle with sin. I remember I'd been pastor here probably about four or five years. I was at Dick's Sporting Goods. You remember when people used to shop there? I was there, right? And I had a hat on. I was trying to get in and out. It was a Saturday. It was packed. And I remember I was walking out. Jamie Steele! And I thought, did I shoplift? Because if I get caught for shoplifting, I didn't mean to. And I'm walking out, and it was Jamie Steele. And I just stopped. And I looked back, and there's people in line. About third in line from the cash register was a guy that I know well, okay, used to play softball with him. I'm, I can't remember if he's from this county or not, but he, he played a lot of softball here. I said, how you doing? He said, you preaching? Out loud. Okay, I said, yeah. <laughs> East Tuzzle? He said, yeah. He said, man, I'm happy for you. I said, thank you. He says, he says, you know, I got saved on such and such date. Now, this guy is about a year, about my age. I said, hey, man, that's awesome. He said, I guess you know about me. Well, everybody knew about him. Yeah, I got in trouble. Struggled for a long time. Struggled. I mean, good. he wasn't a bad dude. Just struggled. If you knew how the boy was raised. Okay, I'm not making excuses for anybody. I know the, the man was saved, but I know he struggled, right? He had dishonored his body. 
And I remember he said, will you pray for me? Just like that. And Dick's. And I said, yeah, brother, I will. He said, I love you. And Dick's, run everybody. And I said, I love you too, buddy. And then we would inbox. That's when I first got on Facebook. And he said, man, I'm struggling. I said, no, there's a day coming you're not going to struggle. And guess what? His struggles overcame him. And he died. But he's not sinning now. Oh, his faith was in Jesus. He just struggled. Man, I'm thankful Facebook wasn't then like it is now. Because this old boy would have been run through the ringer. But you know what? His body was sown in dishonor. But one day it's going to be raised in glory. So you struggle with sin, join the club. It's because you live in a sin-cursed world. The flesh is hard to beat. The biggest challenge you'll have in your life is that person in the mirror. All right. So you, and what I, what I would tell you to about church, show a little grace to people. Amen. They just got different struggles than you. Some people can hide theirs better than others. But why do you sin and struggle with sin? Here's why you struggle with sin. Because your body is sown in dishonor. It's sown in weakness. Think about this for a minute. Sown in weakness. Think about how weak we can be sometimes. How weak our bodies get. Some of us can fight off disease. Some of you got COVID and it was like a cold. And then some people got COVID and they died. Was one person better than the other? Nah. Some people get the flu and it's nothing. Some people get the flu and they almost die, right? Some people do die. Because your body is sown in weakness. All our bodies are different. It is are. That's why if you need medicine, take medicine. Amen. Aren't you thankful? Uh, as you knew, about a month ago, I was sick for about three weeks. And they gave me a, a miracle drug called prednisone. I thank God for prednisone. All right? I thank God for it because really that day I was getting better. And Robitussin and codeine, I don't know if you can drive with that stuff, but I did. But I took it, and I thank God for it. Amen? But think about this. Think about people that are weak. They're sown, your body's sown in weakness, right? The thing that I think affects our county more than anything is just mental weakness. 17 million people struggle from depression. Why? Because their body's sown in weakness. Think about this. One out of every five Americans can expect to deal with depression in their lifetime. And untreated, now listen, I, I, I preach these funerals, so, so don't try to come up to me and say you're going to pray some things away. You're just not going to pray some things away. All right? Left untreated is the number one cause of suicide. I preach those funerals, so don't come preaching to me and try to be super spiritual. Don't come to me. You can go to some of these other guys, but don't come to me. <clears throat> All right, if you, if you have a mental issue, then go see a doctor. Amen. Some things you're not going to pray away. Jesus called it, uh, Solomon said this, and they had no help for him back then, but an anxious heart or anxiety weighs a man down. Now, when I first gave my first oral report, I was a mess for two days. You know how long I spoke? One minute. I was ruined. Anxiety was just all over me. I had to stand in front of people and speak. Now, it was, it was hard. I lost weight, I think. Imagine your life like that and you can't do anything about it on your own. Now, you better be careful talking about other people's problems. If you need help for that, then get help because your body is sown in weakness. I've done so many funerals of people who had a weakness here, they couldn't help it. Just couldn't help it. Okay? 
Used to, they'd just put you away somewhere, wouldn't they? I've been to Broughton, been there more than one time with people. Had family members there, okay? Didn't know how to treat it, all right? But one day it'll be raised in power. I remember preaching a man's funeral one time who died by suicide, who had these issues, and I said, one day when you see him, when you see him again, you're going to be in his right mind. Aren't you thankful? Let's just thank God for that. Isn't that a blessing? Your body's sown in weakness. It's going to be raised in power. It's sown a natural body. It'll be raised a spiritual body. And i got to hurry. Notice the next thing. Not only that, but the Bible says we'll get a place. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, I go to prepare a place. Not only is Jesus going to prepare a glorified place, but he's going to make this place glorified. Notice, he says this. At the end of time, he says, I saw a new heaven. That's what you can see, the atmosphere, and a new earth, what we're on. Look, for the first heaven and the first earth, look at the word past. It means God changes the whole thing. It gives the idea of any, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things become new. As a Christian, old things pass away. Same thing. God's going to recreate this earth. And then John says, Then I saw the holy city, this holy glorified city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, and heaven and earth are going to meet for eternity. Okay, think about that. He said, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Men here, think about your wedding day. And I stand here with men all the time. And I'm like everybody else, I just look at the guy. Okay? And, and a lot of times he's just overwhelmed by the beauty of his bride on that day. Okay? Now I think he's thinking of other things, but that's just me. I'm a guy. Okay? Mom said, you see him crying? I know why he's crying. <laughs> Never mind. Okay? But look, a beautiful... Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Hey, by the way, that city's not just to look at. Hey, man, it's to live in. That's what he's saying. It's not just the city's beautiful, but the, the, the results of that city are going to be amazing. The Bible says the gates are never shut. How many of you, no, you probably don't want to raise your hand, go to bed at night with your doors unlocked? If you do, you're crazy. I'm not doing it. Hey, I grew up in the 70s and we locked our doors. I spent the night with somebody that lived near Lebanon Church out there in the boonies, right? And I, I remember being upstairs. And I said, did, you, did your dad lock the door? He goes, we don't lock the door. I said, I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> I am not lying. You can ask him. And I went down there and locked his door. I said, we locked the doors in midnight, right? Hey, we locked the doors, okay? And y'all have heard me say this before. We used to put bottles on our windows. That was our security system. And more than one time, because my mom worked third shift, me and my brother there alone, 10, 11 years old, you'd hear the bottles bust, right? There ain't going to be no bottles in heaven. There's no crime. Isn't that a blessing? Hey, listen, a glorified place. All the problems we have here are going to be gone. I wouldn't miss heaven for nothing. That's why Peter goes on to say this. It is a living hope. It's a living hope. And these people are scattered, rough conditions, persecuted for their faith. And Peter says, ah, one day you're going to be glorified. It's all right. All these things you struggle with, if you know Jesus, all these health problems you have, one day is going to be gone. Just like that. In the twinkling of an eye, what a blessing. What a great salvation we have. That's why Paul said the righteous has hope in their death. Now think about this for a moment. Do you have hope? It's amazing or ironic, I wouldn't say amazing, that I'm preaching out of a book where a letter was sent to people scattered throughout Turkey. And they had one of the worst earthquakes 
in that country's history. We know of 36,000 people dead. And there was one picture that just caught the imagination of everybody. And if you'll show this picture, Corey, and we'll close with this. It's tough. Here's a man holding the hand of his teenage daughter. And she's dead. I want you to notice that. It's, it's caught the attention of the world. The photographer said he was just taking pictures and he just stopped. And said to dad, said, you can take it. And he took it and he said, out of respect, he just went on. And he said, he said, he said he's seen devastation his whole life. It's the most heartbreaking thing he's ever seen. Now, I'll show that to, show, to tell you this. How many of you have sat at a hospital bed with a loved one and just held your hand and they went to glory? How many of you have? If you hadn't, you may. But I'll tell you something, you have hope, amen, if you have Jesus. I don't know if this man knows Jesus or not. I hope he does. Listen, what a difference Jesus makes, amen? What a difference Jesus makes. Uh, my grandfather was the best man in my wedding, one of the best men ever known. I held his hand, not while he died, but while he was dying. Held his hand. You know what gave me hope? Pops in heaven. Not because he's a good man, because he placed his faith in Jesus. Amen. I pray to God he knows Jesus. And if he does, listen, that's as worse as it gets, as bad as that is. But better days are coming. Amen. I want you to stand with me for a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask your musicians to come. Just for a moment. And as Beverly plays softly, I ask you this one question. And if you will, just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. This question I'm going to ask you. And only you can answer it. Do you have hope today? Do you have hope Christian, if you have hope, it's a living hope. Everything you face is backed up by hope. Amen. We're early into this new year. For many of us, by the time December comes, our lives are going to be totally different. But if you know Jesus, amen, you have hope. You have hope. If you don't have hope today, you can have it now. Paul said today is the day of salvation. And if you will, you don't have to pray out loud. The night I got saved, I didn't pray out loud. Say this, today, Jesus, I give my life to you. Today, Jesus, I believe in you. Today, Jesus, is a new day for me. Today, Jesus, I place my faith, trust, and hope in you. And I ask you to save me today, Jesus. I ask you to save me today, Jesus. I trust in your life, your death, and your resurrection, and I need salvation. It takes a humble man to be saved, brother and woman. Today, I give my life to you. Today, I ask you to save me. And I know there are a multitude of Christians here, and you're struggling with health issues. You have family members with health issues. You have family issues. You have financial issues. Thank God for your salvation today. Thank Him. Thank Him for your salvation today. And if you're here today, and you're struggling with sin issues... Our church is here for you. This pastor is here for you. I'll love you and pray you through it as best I can. After I pray, this altar is open if you need it. Father, as we come to you in prayer, we want to thank you, Lord, for our salvation. Thank you for mercy. Father, thank you for the hope we have, Lord. Glorification, what a beautiful word. That one day sin will not have any effect on us. 
our families, Lord, our homes. Lord, even the air we breathe is going to be untainted, the Bible says. Father, help us as Christians to live in that and to share that, Father. We're the only group of people on the planet who can share hope with a lost and dying world. And if there's anyone here today who's never placed their faith and trust in you, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. And Father, for your church, the bride of Christ, Lord, it's a hurting bride on this side of heaven. Encourage your people today, Father. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. As Sharon leads us in this song, you respond as the Lord leads you this morning. I just want to say this, if, you, if, if you're here today and you're struggling with your salvation or you know for a fact you're not saved, uh, you can contact me anytime. You can contact Kevin, Justin, you can contact Elizabeth, our deacons, contact us, okay? And if you're here today and you're a Christian and you're struggling with your faith or you're struggling with sin, listen, you can, you can contact your preacher anytime you want to. I'm here to love you and pray with you and walk with you through it, okay? Because we're just, we're just sinners saved by grace, amen? Just trying to get through life. And we want this church to be a family for you that loves you and cares for you and helps you. I hope you have a great Sunday afternoon and hope to see you back here tonight at 5 p.m. You're dismissed. God bless.